0: Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time. The Bible Crossfire. An Old Testament passage we like to emphasize when we get the opportunity is Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We don't decide what's right and wrong religiously by what seems right to us. We don't figure it out for ourselves. Well, this is what God would want me to do based upon my quote, intuition or whatever, based upon how I can reason it out. No, what seems right to us may end up in death, spiritual death. The way we determine right and wrong is by the Scriptures. Second John, 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Now, we'll, we'll leave that right there just to make that point. The way you determine the right doctrine is through Scripture, not by what seems right to us. While we're waiting on a first call, I thought we'd talk about this challenging statement. I'm sorry to say I don't remember who told me this, but three or four weeks ago, somebody made this statement to me, and it stuck with me, and now I can't remember who told me. I wish I did so I could give them credit. But it's such a challenging statement, but it's true. He said, we should rather die than commit even one sin. And that's true. The Bible teaches that. We should rather die physically than commit even one sin. Do you take sin that seriously? Do I take sin that seriously? A lot of people, uh, even people who call this radio program, will say, but everybody sins. Well, that's true. But do you mean by that everybody needs to improve? Or do you mean by that well, everybody sins, therefore it's okay for me to sin. No, you should rather die, physically die than commit even one sin. That's how important it is, is that you try to avoid sin because sin, first John three, four, is the transgression of law, of the law, God's law. Whenever we sin, we're transgressing God's law. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. So if we're not keeping his commandments, we're not loving God. God like we ought to. If you want to show God that you love Him and respect Him, you'll do what He says. If you really love God and you really respect God, then you would rather die than commit even one sin. Because what happens when you sin? Well, Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, but your iniquities, that's the old King James way of saying sins, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. When you sin... You're separated spiritually from God. You should rather die physically than be separated from God, then you should rather die physically than die spiritually. The way Romans six twenty three puts this same idea in Isaiah fifty nine two about being separated from God by your sin, it says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Separation from God is spiritual death. James 2.26 says, for as the body without the spirit is dead. So the definition of physical death is when the spirit leaves the body. All that's left is a big old hunk of dead flesh. And the definition of spiritual death is the separation of our spirit from God. Isaiah fifty nine two, Romans 6.23. We don't want to be separated from God. We don't want to die spiritually and be lost forever. So we should rather die physically than commit even one sin. I know that's a very challenging statement, but that's what the Bible teaches. Is that our attitude? That we would rather die physically than commit even one sin? That should be our commitment level. Is it? If you have a Bible question or comment, the number to call is 877-655-6755. Love to talk to you about the Bible. Have a conversation with you. Ask me a Bible question. I'll try to find a Bible answer. The number to call is 877-655-6755. Let me show you that we should rather die physically than commit even one sin. How about Matthew 1028? Jesus says there, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in Hades or in everlasting punishment. Don't fear man. All he can do is kill you. He said, instead, fear God, because God can destroy your soul in H-E-L-L. So spiritual death is worse than physical death. What leads to spiritual death, according to Romans 6.23? The wages of sin is death. So to avoid spiritual death, you're going to have to not sin. And he's saying spiritual death is worse than physical death. Don't fear the person that can only kill you physically. Fear the one that can... Cause you to be lost because of your sin, meaning you should rather die physically than commit even one sin. How about Hebrews ten twenty-eight and 29? Here's how that reads. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and done despite unto the Spirit of grace. So under Moses' law, people were punished for their sins by dying physically. And he says, now it's going to be worse punishment. It's going to be worse punishment. What's worse than physical death? Well, earlier in the chapter, it said you're going to receive fiery indignation, verse 27. That's the bad place. Going to the bad place, being lost, is worse than physical death, according to Hebrews 10:28,29, 29. It's worse or sore or punishment. Here's a person that's been sanctified by the blood. He's saved, but now he's disrespecting Jesus. He's trotting underfoot the Son of God. He's counting the blood of the covenant. Wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing. So he was saved, then he was lost. He's going to end up... This shows you can lose your salvation. Tyler from Spokane, Washington. Go ahead and question the comments, please. Um, well, I
1: was just, uh, you know, I, I love Jesus right now, but I do feel that I have separated myself from him, and it's been eight years since I've, um, walked, since I felt like I, since I knew I was saved and going to heaven, and, uh, I just feel like, uh, basically it's hopeless at this point because I do feel for sure um like I know the sin I know the day I know what happened where I cut myself off from God so um you know I'm just gonna it's better to be alive than dead though like Ecclesiastes says
0: why do you think that it why do you think it's hopeless don't you know you can return to God if you if you were with God if you were a Christian The verse I just read, Hebrews ten twenty nine, shows it's possible to lose your salvation. Here's a person that's sanctified by the blood, but now he's trodden underfoot the Son of God, he's counting that blood, he was sanctified an unholy thing. And it says Hebrews ten verse twenty seven, he's gonna end up with fiery indignation in the bad place. So saved person can become lost, but but you know, all you gotta do is repent and you can come back to the Lord Thomas, right? Well
1: well, you know, my point you know, is, was, I remember um, being, uh, testing the Spirit of the Lord with many things, and He always came, and He was always there convicting me, wanting me to, to be, uh, to walk closer to Him like it was when He first saved me. And uh, once I got saved for a year or two, I kind of began to, I got into a regular church and began to get a little bit more lu- lukewarm. And I just remember the fear of the lord um whenever i committed sin back then and now i can basically commit open sin and rebellion and i'm just in fear and trembling all day long and uh just because i know that the fear of the lord is just not in me i don't experience the fear of the lord anymore the way i did and uh,
0: you can yeah. you can regain that fear of the lord there's nothing to keep mm-hmm. you from it there's only one unpardonable sin the blasphemy against the holy ghost Matthew 12:31 and 32. Any other sin can be forgiven. Tyler, let me call you after the program, if you don't mind. Watch for a call for me in about 30 minutes. And maybe we can talk, maybe arrange a Bible study, a phone Bible study. Okay, Tyler? Okay. Thank you for your call, Tyler. Thank you. If you have a Bible question or comment, give me a call at 877-655-6755. So, Hebrews ten, twenty eight twenty nine shows it's better to it's a worse punishment to be lost than it is to die physically, which shows again our premise. Better to die physically. You should rather die physically than e- commit even one sin. How about Revelation twenty two excuse me, Revelation chapter two, verse ten? It says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Now, I think that verse could work both ways. Be thou faithful until you die, so you can go to heaven. But it's also saying, be thou faithful even if you have to die for the Lord, and I will give thee a crown of life. In other words, be faithful even if you become a martyr, even unto death. It's better to die than to quit serving the Lord. It's better to die and be faithful than to turn from the Lord and, and live. Death is not as bad as being separated from God by our sin. How about Matthew 16, 25 and 26? Jesus said there, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What's he talking about? If you're willing to lose your life here, you'll gain spiritual life. But if you try to save your life here, live the, your life, your physical life the way you, you want to live it, you're going to lose your eternal life, your spiritual life. So it's better to die physically than to be lost. Verse 26, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or well, What shall a man give in exchange for a soul? If you only have one penny to your name, but you're saved, you're better off than a man who has billions and billions of dollars and is lost. Nothing in this life can compare with being saved spiritually. Again, what we're saying is it's better to die physically than to commit even one sin. Is that the way you think about sin? When you're thinking about whether or not you're going to sin... Do you think about the fact that it's better to die than it is to commit even one sin? This is what the Bible teaches. But I don't think many people have that attitude. We should. I should try to do my best to have that attitude. I would rather die physically than commit even one sin. That's how much we ought to love God, and that's how much we ought to want to serve Him with all our heart, soul, and mind. Sin is a transgression of God's law. First John 3, 4. So we do not want to transgress his law. For us, that's New Testament. We want so badly never to transgress it that we would rather die than transgress his law than sin. If you have a Bible question or comment, please call us. The number to call is 877-655-6755. The lines are wide open. The number to call is 877-655-6755. How about Matthew 10.32? Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Let's bring up this scenario. Somebody's going to says, we're going to kill you unless you deny Christ. What are you going to do? Well, we always think, well, we should never deny Christ. We should not deny Christ, even if they're going to kill us. And that's right, because we should rather die first before we commit even one sin, denying Christ. He's only going to confess. Jesus is only going to confess before our Father in heaven those who were willing to confess him. And if we deny him, he's not going to confess us. He's going to deny us and we'll be lost. It'd be better to die physically and to be saved than to live physically and be lost. It's better to die physically than even commit one sin. Do you have that attitude? Do you have that level of commitment? I'm challenging myself here too. That's the challenge somebody made to me, and I forget who, three or four weeks ago. But he was right. It's very challenging, but he was right. We should rather die physically than commit even one sin. Let me read Acts 5.29, along with verses 40 and forty through 42 of the same chapter. Acts 5.29 says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than the men. They're trying to get Peter and the apostles to quit preaching. They're threatening them. They said, we're going to obey God rather than men. And let's notice what happens in 40 through 42. It says, and to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they're commanding the apostles, quit teaching about Jesus. They beat them, said, don't do it anymore. There's a threat there. They let them go. Verse 41. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Hey, if you keep preaching, we're going to kill you. They immediately went out and preached some more. Because, as you can see, their attitude is, we would rather die physically than stop preaching. We would rather die physically than commit even one sin. But quitting preaching would be a sin. They don't want to violate God's law. They would rather die physically than even to commit one sin. If you have a Bible question or comment, as I said, the lines are wide open. Get a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. How about Acts fourteen nineteen? It says, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, Who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Now, what's going on here? Paul was stoned until he was either dead or they thought he was dead. Why? Because Paul would preach the gospel. Paul's preaching the gospel. He would rather die than quit preaching the gospel. He would rather die. Paul would rather die than commit even one sin. He was willing to die for the Lord. He was willing to die. To avoid committing even one sin. Same with Stephen, Acts 759. And they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my sight. Stephen died for preaching the gospel because he would rather die physically than compromise and turn from the Lord. He would rather die than commit even one sin. He would rather die than stop preaching. He would rather die than compromise his preaching. He could have compromised his preaching. He could have preached to the Jews what they wanted to hear. He could have said, you believe in God, that's good. You've been obeying God, that's good. He could have preached that, left off the part about how you crucified the Son of God, which was bad. He could have just talked about the things that they were already good at instead of talking about the things they were awful. And that's what a lot of gospel preachers do today. They'll preach over and over and over exactly what their audience is already doing. You're doing good at this. This is what we ought to do. But they don't dare preach before the audience is what they need. Stephen died because he preached what his audience needed. His audience had crucified the Son of God. He didn't say, you're good at obeying God the Father. No, he said, you crucified the Son of God, and he was stoned for it. He was killed for it. He would rather die than commit even one sin. How about John the Baptist in Mark 6, 17, and 18? He confronted Herod and Herodias. Herod, according to secular history, had divorced his wife. Herodias had divorced her husband. Now Herod's married to Herodias. Here's John the Baptist encountering encounter with Herod. He said, For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. What is he saying there when he says it's not lawful for him to have her? He's saying he's got to terminate the marriage. He's in an unscriptural marriage according to the Old Testament law, and John is saying it's not lawful for you to have her. You've got to terminate that marriage. What happened to John because of this? I think we know the story. Herodias got so mad, she asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter. Verse 27, immediately the king sent an executioner, commanded his head to be brought, and he went and beheaded him in the prison. John the Baptist lost his head. He lost his life because he would not compromise the truth on divorce and remarriage in his day. Yet we have preachers today, probably 95% of the preachers, churches today, have compromised what Jesus said in Matthew 19:9, 9, divorce and remarriage. Why did they compromise it? Because they don't want to lose a few members. Because the divorce rate is so high, they say one out of every two marriages ends in divorce, the divorce rate is so high that you're bound to lose some members if you stand for the truth on divorce and remarriage. So they don't preach the truth. They don't stand for the truth on divorce and remarriage. They compromise. Huh. John the Baptist was willing to preach the truth on divorce and remarriage in his day, even though it cost him his life. Mark from Spokane, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
2: Hey, I want to know when I can feel like I'm saved, you know. I mean, I think I've done everything that I need to do. So, but I don't so, I don't feel like I'm saved, you know? Yeah,
0: so maybe somebody's led you astray into thinking you're supposed to feel like you're saved. That's not how you tell if you're saved. Let, let me kind of, I hope I'm not oversimplifying things when I put it this way. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Peter told believers in Acts 2, well, that was Mark 16, 16. Peter told believers in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So when a person believes in Christ truly, not a pretender, and he repents of his sins, he sincerely makes up his mind he's going to turn his life away from sin, and he gets baptized, then he's saved from his sins, he's forgiven of all his sins, he, he gets the remission of all his sins. Remember, Saul of Tarsus believed in Acts 9 and Acts 22, and then 22.16 was told to be baptized to get his sins washed away. When you've done exactly what Jesus and the Apostle says "Do to be saved, then you're saved. It has nothing to do with your feelings. It has to do with even if you, with God and even if you
2: continue in sin? No, if you even continue if in you, sin, you're not saved. You know, like, like
0: it doesn't God. matter how you feel, Mark, it doesn't matter how you feel, good or bad, if you continue in sin, you're not saved. Okay? So it's I'm a matter of what saved. you do, not how you feel. A matter of what you do, whether or not you trust and obey God, as the song says. In 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 8, proves that. You have to trust oh God know God and obey the gospel 2 Thessalonians chapter. I
2: still do my I do my pain pills religiously and I smoke my weed and you know
0: yeah so you're not it doesn't matter your feeling has nothing to do with it you're not saved because you're not obeying the Lord Jeff from South Carolina go ahead stop yeah so my, my question was about the uh, about the Sabbath day. about
2: um, you know the I, I tell you about my friend saying that, uh, that the seventh day of the week is the Sabbath and not the first day of the week. And it looked like um, in, the, in Genesis that God blessed and sanctified the Sabbath day and it looks like Jesus, Um his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath and all years after Jesus is was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. I'm just curious, is it considered a sin if... Um, somebody
0: keeps the first day of the week instead of the seventh day of the week when God says to remember the Sabbath day. Jeff, yeah. uh, let, the- let me read you a passage about the Sabbath. Your friend is okay. right that the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, not the first day of the week. Here's Colossians 2, 14-17. Listen carefully. Talking about Jesus. Too. Blotting out the hand of the Lord. The gift of to him, it. get out of the way David to be cross. Skipping down to verse 16, that no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come but the body of Christ. You still with me, Jeff?
2: I'm still
0: with you. So verse 14 says that Jesus blotted out these ordinances, took them out of the way and nailed them to the cross. And verse 16 says, therefore, nobody can judge you with respect to the Sabbath. So, yes, the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week, but it's specifically pointed out in this verse and other passages that the Sabbath is no longer binding. It's part of the Old law, yeah. Just like the yeah. requirement yeah. to, to do animal sacrifices in the Old Testament, the requirement that said it was wrong to eat pork and catfish, the requirement that said you had to circumcise your little boys on the eighth day, all of those things were part of the Old Testament law. They're no longer binding. We're under the New Testament law. The Old Testament law said keep the Sabbath day holy. The New Testament law doesn't say that. It says here for sure, it's conclusive, Jesus blotted out the Sabbath. He took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. We no longer have to keep it anymore. Make sense, Jeff? Yeah,
2: and I talked about that too. I brought that up. And and he said that when you you put that in context, you're starting about verse 13, and he's just talking about...
0: Judging by food, drink, and holy days, so that's talking specifically about ceremonial laws and the Sabbath being the, the feast days. Nope. We, know if we know that forth, the Sabbath uh, is not the yeah. feast days because it already mentions the feast days. i to let you go. I've got to go up there and, and tell the feast days. The holy days in verse 16. So the Sabbath, when it says the Sabbath, has to be the seventh day Sabbath. The feast days are already mentioned. He said, don't let anybody judge you with respect to the holy day, the new moon, and the Sabbath days. There's the feast days, that's the yearly, the new moon's the monthly, the Sabbath is the weekly. So the weekly Sabbath was done away and nailed to the cross. Jeff, don't let any amount of human reasoning contradict what the Bible said clearly. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to have a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, sometime at your convenience, I want you to call or text me at 256-682-9753. Free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience with me, call me or text me, 256-682-9753. Appreciate the good questions tonight. Appreciate you listening. Be sure and listen next week.